This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, December 16th, 2020, and we're halfway through the month, halfway through the last month of the year. So, and the fourth quarter is coming up. So, next month will be the year end totals for earnings for corporations. And it's going to be an interesting one because of the COVID thing, of course. Um, so, I guess we're just going to got Christmas in nine days, everybody. Nine days left for Christmas. And I know Justin has mentioned it, but our founder, Jerry Klein, passed away this last weekend. It was pretty sad. Um, I've known Jerry since, I don't know, 30, 40 years. It was sad. He started the radio show, by the way. I don't know if Justin mentioned that, but he, he started this whole thing. Anyways, I wish him well. Um, it's been a very tough year. My father-in-law passed away. Jerry passed away. I, I knew. I know three people passed away. None of them through COVID. Just different reasons. But it's been a been a pretty tough year, <laughs> anyways, for various reasons. Well, anyways, for us uh, managing our money and dealing with the stock market, what's going on, and dealing with the volatility we've had, and now we have a vaccine out there, trying to get it out as fast as possible, another one being approved probably this week. I mean, things are moving quickly along those lines, but are they moving fast enough to defeat the spread of the virus, which has been spreading very fast? So it's kind of a contest here, and I know that I know the vaccine will win. That's not even an issue. It's just going to take how long and how many more people are going to have to die I mean, before we can get everybody vaccinated or enough people vaccinated where this thing doesn't spread anymore and finally dies out. That's that's really what the hope is, right? I don't think it's a hope. We're going to do it. It's going to happen. It's happening. Uh, I'm positive of that. So anyways, uh, I wanted to just mention that. Uh, today's trivia question is an educated look at volatility, by the way. Because you know we've been dealing with a lot of volatility and we have to find ways to compensate and adjust for it. And that we're, the trivia question day, we'll be looking at that. We'll have a question. The question's coming up at the halfway point of the program like it does every day. I'm Steve Peasley, and today in this program and podcast, uh, we're going to do my best to provide unbiased answers to any financial questions you might have. So please call. This is a call-in show. You drive the show. You take it to the direction you want to take it to with your questions. The number is 888-99-CHART. The market today was a bit mixed. The Dow was down 48. The Nasdaq, I mean the S&P, uh, the Nasdaq was up 63, and the S&P was up seven. So, broadly speaking, the market was up today, uh, but mixed. But mixed. Um, why? No reason. No, there's no nothing to drove it today. I think the market is reacting well to the vaccine, but it doesn't like to see the spread either. But I think the market is pretty convinced that the, the vaccine will will be coming out very, very fast. We'll see how fast. But uh, the market likes that point. But also the market likes the fact that Washington is finally moving a little bit on a stimulus package. And it looks like they're going to try to do two of them. The first one focused on where the focus should be, and that's the unemployed benefits for people. 
Um, that's where they, that's where they should have done that before the election. But politics got in the way, and it really ticks me off that politics get in the way of good, sound economic policies when both sides know that they need these economic policies. I'm not blaming one side or the other or taking sides. I'm just saying, guys, get over the politics. Help the people that elected you to put you in the office there. That's kind of what, where I come from. Anyway, let's go ahead and take our first caller. Here's a, here's a caller, you know, uh, the caller that came in earlier. Hey, Steve and Justin. This is Brandon from Northern California. I had a question on Roth IRA accounts. I'm sure you've answered it before, but I do not recall. So when you're doing it, I know it's a tax-deferred account until you retire and withdraw it because it's already already tax money that's put in. I'm just curious about the dividend earnings. Are they different than the regular growth earnings, or what's the deal on that? I appreciate the show. I'll listen for your answer on the podcast. Thanks. So the dividends in a Roth and a regular IRA, the dividends are in the Roth and the regular IRA. So whatever paid in dividends is still there. You can reinvest them wherever you want inside the Roth IRA. When you withdraw that money in a, uh, in a regular IRA, that money is taxed as income for the, uh, the year that you withdraw it. For dividends in a Roth IRA, it's treated just like anything else. You're never taxed on that money. Never taxed as long as it stays forever. It's the Roth. You don't have to pay taxes on Roth. Okay? So there's no taxes on the dividends. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And Christmas is just around the corner. Have you completed your gift shopping? I haven't even started. My guess is most of you have started and probably started shopping online. While we adjust to a new way of celebrating this year, we should remember that the task of building your financial freedom must still continue. There's no there's no if and what's or buts about that. So you do not want to backslide at all. Your goal will require information and effective strategies. That's what we're here for. That's why I'm waiting for your call. 888-99-CHART, we're live right now. 888-992-4278. Have you heard about Riskalyze? It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. And of course, you're listening to Talk, and I do really appreciate you listening. My focus point today, how to make and meet financial goals in an unstable time, like we are in. Very unstable, right? You know, so coming up in the show, I will elaborate and give you a view on this particular this particular story. I have a couple some other topics. Did you hear about the latest billionaire moving out of California? Now, I talked to you before. Remember last week I mentioned uh, Musk moving to Texas, moving corporate headquarters to Texas. I got more people moving out. Um, you know, 
various parts of the world, they, were, they, they went into negative interest rates. The central banks went negative on interest rates. We did not hear, got close to zero, but we didn't go, you know, I mean, we didn't go negative. So how did that work out for them? I want to talk about that. And are we in a bubble? What does a bubble look like? How do we know we are or aren't? Are we? Do you, do you think we are? And are, I'm talking about a stock market bubble. Do you? I, I, I wanted to explore that possibility. Or maybe lack thereof. It doesn't feel bubblish enough to me. Do you remember 1999? The dot-com bubble? I remember it very, very, very well. Very, very well. Uh, it's burned into my mind. Not because we did poorly. We did pretty good, actually. But because that's when I started working with Jerry, the founder, who just recently passed away. I started working for him in 1999. Start working with him, for him. He was my money manager for 10, 12 years before that. So, it's a long story, and it's a fun story, but I don't know if I have time to tell it here. So, that's what I want to talk about. The market, I told you, the Dow was down 48, and the S&P... Up seven, Nasdaq up sixty-three. So the market has been kind of going sideways in this time that we've been. So interesting, and the year's winding down. So I, I'm, you know, let me spend a minute to tell you what we do here at KPP Financial. We're money managers. We are fiduciaries. Justin Klein and I operate KPP Financial based in Irvine, California. We are dedicated to a philosophy of independent thinking and share success, and this is very good for our listeners and our clients. We, get, we offer unbiased clients, unbiased guidance. We manage the money. We make the decisions. We don't farm it out. A lot of money managers don't manage money. Did you know that? They just gather the money, and they farm it out to one of the big houses, Goldman Sachs or whatever. You don't even know it. You don't even realize it. Anyways, we don't do that. We also invest in strategies and implement for ourselves as our clients. In other words, I buy and sell the same things for myself as I do for the clients at the same price, same percentage in all the programs. So, and we'll, we'll take a look at your portfolio for free. Most money managers will do that, but then they'll immediately try to sell you something. We won't do that. Talk to those people. That, you could talk to those people that we've done this for. You'll find that, you know, we're just trying to help out the best we can. If we can't manage your money or... You're small and we can't help you because you are small, we'll still help you. You know, or if you're you got your money in a place where you can't move it, we'll still help you. That's okay. That's our job. I like doing it. So we can help you no matter what. We'll help you even if you just want a second opinion on something. That's okay too. You know, I've discovered over the years, I've been doing this many, many years. I discovered over the years if you just help people, if you just help them, and you help them again, and over the years you help them again, you eventually they become clients. Or they refer somebody else who becomes a client. I've seen this. It's very true. You don't have to be a hard sell. You just have to have patience and really want to try to help people. That's it. That's simple. So, most people listen for a couple of reasons to this show. Education and answers to questions. And that's what we're here for. 888-99-CHART. Yeah, I had a question about Royal Caribbean. I bought it first of the pandemic a little early because it dropped quite a bit more from when I bought it. But since I bought it, it's gained 75%. And I was just wondering if it's a good one to hold on to or if I should sell it while I'm up. But 
I think it will possibly go up after the vaccine comes out and people can, you know, start planning vacations and going on cruises. But if you could answer that, I'd appreciate it. I'll be listening. Thank you. Okay, the only way I can really tell you if that will happen will is to look at previous highs in the stock. This stock has gotten into the $130 range in the past, and it's at $73.68. But when it got into $130 plus, $130 to $35 or so, it was making $8 to $9.5 a share. So if it gets back to $8 to $9.5 a share, most likely it will go back to $130. This year it's going to lose $18 a share. Next year it's going to lose $13 a share. It's going to take several years. So you've had a nice bounce. Uh, I think that it will probably continue to creep up, but it's going to take some time. So you can either take your profits now and reinvest money somewhere else where you think it'll be faster, or just leave it alone. Long as it survives, long as it survives, and I think it will because it doesn't have that much debt and it's still a big company, $16.5 billion solid size. I, I think as long as it survives... With the vaccine going out worldwide, I think travel is going to recover in a big way because people are so pent up and tired of staying home. So, if you want to be, if you could be patient, a couple three years, yeah, I think it, I think it go back to 130. I do. Okay, that's Royal Caribbean, everybody. RCL is the symbol Royal Caribbean Group. It operates four global cruise brands. Cruise. Ships, Royal Caribbean, Celebrity Cruises, Alzamara Club Cruises, and Silver Sea Cruises. Okay, so just recently, well, no, not too recently. It was a couple months ago. It, yeah, it offered $500 million in uh, convertible senior notes to get, get to, to help boost their balance sheet. You know, and they're losing money badly. So that was to help boost the balance sheet. And they might do it again. They might have to take on more debt to survive. Don't know. Okay, you're listening to Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And for investors, we need to remain vigilant. Never ends that need. Never ends. So we have a new year coming up. What's this next year going to look like? That's just going to be interesting. So we'll see. We'll see how that is. That's why I remind you, now you can call our 24-hour listen line, leave your questions on our voice bank. We'll answer questions. Answer them all the time. 888-99-CHART. Here's a program heads up. As part of his Sector Spotlight series, Justin Klein will be interviewing Ron and Lisa Barris. They'll be sharing their techniques of how to make the most of more at home time. This will include discussion of emerging trends in the health and wellness industry. So mark your download calendar for the Thursday, December 17th Invest Talk podcast. Justin will be interviewing the Healthy Home Dream Team authors on Invest Talk. 888 chart. We're going to talk to uh, Michael in the Redlands. How do you doing, Michael? I'm doing excellent. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I can't complain for an old guy. Right on. I've been listening to your show for about three or four months, and it's basically like taking an economics course at college. I really enjoy it. You guys yes. got good humor, but most importantly, you guys have good advice. Thank you. I appreciate you listening. I really do. And for everybody else, I really, so Justin, I really appreciate you listening to the show. And we really, Michael, we really want to help people. 
that's really the truth. But I don't, you know, some people you can't convince, but that's okay. So what yeah, you want to talk about? Can't win them all. You no, no. Free Freeport Mac Moran. You want to talk about that? Yes, I do. I was in particular. I don't have any precious metals or copper in my portfolio, but uh, I've been studying Freeport McMorian, and it seems like they're on the fifty-two week high right now. But a few years back, they reached about fifty-something dollars a share. So I want to know your thoughts about uh, Freeport and copper in general. Okay, I, I like copper a lot, and Justin will answer the same way. He likes it a lot. Why do I like it? Because Freeport, everybody, Freeport McMoran, the symbol is FCX. Engaged in exploration, development of copper, gold, silver, molybdenum. I never know how to say that word. These are mines in Indonesia, North and South America. And Freeport McMoran is a $35 billion company, so it's one of the biggest ones out there. Uh, and, Michael, when they made, uh, uh, when they were making $2 a share, 2 and $3 a share, they traded up close to $40 a share. They're at 24 now. They're going to make $1.75 next year. I think they're going to go back to $3 a share uh, the year after. In other words, I think they, this stock can easily go back to about $40 a share. Now, it's not cheap right now because it only made $0.02 cents a share in 2019. It's going to make $0.43 cents a share this year. And it's going to make $1.75 a share next year. So it's on that growth path, and I think... I think sales are going to skyrocket when co- when the vaccine takes over because the whole world is going to start recovering. And copper, silver are going to be in huge demand, besides gold going up too. So, yeah, uh, my, Michael, I, I like it. And I'm not too worried that it's overpriced right now because based on future earnings, I think it won't be. Okay? Oh, okay, v- very good. Yeah, I like to play with uh, the electric cars. Uh, increasing in the next oh, several yeah. years in the demand. Oh, yeah. I know it's about sometimes either sometimes double or triple depending on if it's a hybrid or an electric vehicle how exactly. much copper is needed per vehicle. So I think That's there's a right. lot of upside. But very, very. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much for the information. <laughs> Thanks love, for the call. I love your show and uh, it's very enjoyable. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Is that a 52-week IR near? So I tend to get worried that it, we missed it, but I don't think we've missed it. Any weakness, I'd be buyer. My focus point today concerns how to make and meet financial goals in unstable times. So that's the, t- the, the, the main talking issue that we're going to discuss. And what's interesting, if we look at the, what's going, what has been happening, there was a survey by Country Financial. It's an insurance and financial service company. They said, uh, that based on the sur- survey, 76% of Americans say they've gained or further developed at least one personal financial finance skill this past year. 48% cut down on unnecessary expenses. 30% paid down debt. 27% contributed regularly to savings. We've seen the savings rate go up. So even though we're dealing with COVID and there's a lot of pain out there with lower income workers and restaurant workers and restaurants and gyms and salons all being shut down. A lot of pain. The majority of people have been surviving this pretty well, working from home or whatever. So that's a good thing. And you know, with the interest, with with our savings rates going up, that means that's ammunition, ammunition for the economy going forward. 
When I say ammunition, that money is going to help grow our economy. The more savings we have, the more secure we become, the more that money is used to grow the economy. Banks don't just sit on more savings. They reinvest it somewhere. They loan it out to corporations. They, that, you know, it, it works. It just doesn't sit in your account. You see it sitting in your account, but the banks gain power, lending power from that. They leverage that money. Always have, always will, and it's a good thing. The more we have, the better it is for our overall economy. So the, this survey is showing that people are healthier than you think. People are buying cars. People are buying houses. The economy is helping. The basics of the economy, even though the GDP is going to be much less than it was last year for this year. So just bear that in mind. I, I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty stoked about that, if you want to know the truth. Anyways, okay, we're going to have a break. Here on the Love uh, Invest Talk, we often talk about market volatility. This is a cyclical process that affects all investors. So as we go to break, here is my two-part trivia question. Does the behavior of market volatility differ, differ among asset classes? And do you know when the first major S&P 500 mini flash crash occurred? Which year? Do you know? I'll have the answers after the break. But for now, my phone lines are open, and I encourage you to give me a call, 888-99-CHART. If you'd like to see more about KPP Financial Select portfolios, like our balanced income portfolio, just click on the Investments tab on investtalk.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, Bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, 
AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. This is InvestTalk. Please tell your friends and family members that they can download our weekday podcast for free anytime at investtalk.com or iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And when you download and listen, please be sure to rate our podcasts. Our anytime listener line is open, and Steve and Justin are taking your calls now. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Of course, before the break, I had a trivia question. Uh, and does, okay, it was a two-parter. Okay, um, does the behavior of market volatility differ among asset classes? And do you know when the first major S&P 500 mini flash crash occurred? Which year? Okay, those are the questions I ask. Does the behavior of the... Uh, the topic of stock market volatility, triggers and patterns, is complex. So I'll just touch on the basics. In the securities markets, volatility is often associated with big swings in either direction. Volatility is neither good nor bad, everybody. <coughs> Excuse me. For example, when the stock market rises and falls more than 1% over a sustained period of time, it's called a volatile market, more than 1%. Historical precedence offers a blueprint for identifying conditions that are supportive for a potential volatile event. Now, how they are likely to unfold once in motion, well, it's difficult to know. We don't, you know, you can't, it's, volatility is volatility. It's many times unpredictable. So this can be a great help if you can figure out production. There's a volatility index, a VIX helps you determine volatility spikes and calm volatility. And, it, you know, it's, the VIX is called the fear gauge. Okay? Okay, so... So, if you watch the VIX, and the VIX, that's a volatility index, it will help you gauge volatility. When you have long periods of calmness, you'll see the VIX goes low and stays very low. And it spikes when there's not when it's not calm when the market is not calm it's volatile. Okay, the first major S and P flash crash occurred in May 6, 2010. May 6, 2010. On that day, the S and P 500 E mini futures were rocked by an over six percent. They moved over six percent in about seven minutes. That's a flash crash. Now, it did ease off the losses by the end of the day, and the whole event took less than 15 minutes. So that's what a flash crash is. It happens quickly during the middle of the day and gets over with. 
And the first one that that has happened was May 6, 2010. Okay, so, um, I don't, I thought, I thought I already did that, guys. Okay, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-42. The first answer, by the way, I don't know if I completed it. For example, stock market relative generally behaves much differently than it does. Okay, so, yeah, the stock market does behave much differently than currency markets or commodities markets. They're very different, the volatility in those things. So stocks have the inherent long bias as a generally as an asset appreciating value over a long period of time. That's what the stock market does. Currency doesn't necessarily do that. Commodities don't necessarily do that. Okay, let's keep the pace rolling. I'll get back to you on, uh, to our voice bank questions. 888 Hey, Stephen Justin, this is Jay from Petaluma. My question is about Square SQ. I got in a few years ago when it was at 40. It's now over 200. I'm curious. I'm seeing price estimates of up to $300 or high 200 estimates for the next year or so. So I would like your opinion on the stock. The PE is very high. I believe it's overbought, but just want your opinion. Thank you. Yeah, I wouldn't try chase it. Don't try to chase it. Square Inc., everybody, symbol SQ, uh, provides point-of-sale software to manage receipts, inventory, sales reports, with analytics and feedback. And it's doing very well. I mean, the $0.80 cents a share last year to $0.75 cents a share this year, which is pretty decent for such a bad COVID year. Next year, $1.13, which is great recovery. But it's a $227 stock, 200 P.E., Going forward, uh, one of the reasons because it's sales growth. They they were in this, uh, uh, it's in the 40s to 60 percent. This most recent quarter, the sales were up 140 percent. So when something's growing like that, it g- gets one of these kind of PEs. So the question is, it, should you be buying it? The return on equity is 27 percent. That's very good. But man, it's already it moved from thirty dollars a share to two hundred and thirty dollars a share. Thirty from the COVID bottom to two hundred. I think you're too late. It's it's way way too expensive to follow it. Wait till it pulls back. It will. I just don't know where from and how deep. Okay, uh, here's a call that that's live. Let's go to Brandon in Seattle. How you doing, Brandon? Good. How you doing, Steve? I'm good. Ah, uh, good. Good. I've been listening to you guys for a long time, and I Thank appreciate you. everything you guys do. And my condolences to uh, Justin's grandfather. Yeah, Thank you guys Jerry. very much. It is, is sad. Yeah, it's always sad. But uh, my, yeah, my question is coming up. Um, getting ready to put in next year's Roth IRA contributions, and I've taken a lot of you guys' advice. I'm a big Vanguard fund ETF person, so okay. Uh, a little, little younger into the game, so before I start stock picking, I usually do the like, VTI Vanguard Total Market Fund, but with tech being so overvalued, I've taken your guys' advice, and I've been leaning more towards the values side of the fund. Right. And okay. with the way things are going, I know that I should be doing value and maybe some precious metals and foreign stocks, um, but I just kind of want to see your input if maybe... I should keep the allocations just to funds like VTV and VBR and just dump them in the beginning of the year and leave them alone or if I should 
maybe spread them all around between the precious metals, the value side of the market, weighted, and uh, and maybe a little bit of foreign. Is that no, I like, kind of I like, your like mix. the right direction? Or? Uh, I, no, I like your mix. I think you're doing it right. VTV, everybody, is the Vanguard Value ETF. And the reason why we're talking about Vanguard is they have the lowest or one of the lowest expense ratios. So they're very low cost. One thing you didn't mention uh, uh, that might that comes to mind, Brandon, is maybe a materials. Does Vanguard have a materials VT, uh, EFT, ETF? A materials. Uh, I believe they do. I, I would stick my toe in materials as well. Uh, commodities, okay. basically, is what I'm trying to get at. And materials is, I just think that that will have more mining, that not just gold or silver, but also, you know, iron ore and different different metals, and I like that. Um and maybe even some commodities type stocks. So, try try see if they have materials. Maybe tease into that and back off. Maybe on the uh, the you know the total market. Uh, nothing wrong with the total market. Don't don't miss don't miss take my my comment that I don't that I don't like it. No, I'm just saying that I I want to spread you out into things that probably will work a little bit better going forward, at least for the next year or so. So. No, I think you got a good spread there. I think that's good. Thanks for the okay, call. Okay, and um, I want to yeah. yeah, no, thank you very much. Have Thanks, Brandon. Thank you. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Pisa, and I encourage you to explore the financial investment information we have posted on our website, investtalk.com, so you can learn more about the various programs we have there uh, that KPP offers. For example, you can check out our Dynamic Growth Program. It provides you know flexible management for optimum returns, strong diversification, in that program, um, and we expose ourselves to different sectors of the market when we think we need to be there. In other words, we lean on sectors like we were just talking to Brandon about. So if you're serious about achieving financial freedom, you'll want to reach out to me or Justin at KPP Financial in Irvine, California. Learn more right now at investtalk.com. And now I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Steve and Justin, thank you for listening. Christmas will be here soon. The start of a new year promises many changes. For investors, the challenge will be how to stay focused on maintaining your assets while navigating market volatility. That's where Steve Peasley and Justin Klein can help. So tell your friends about the free InvestTalk podcasts. Listen live or download anytime at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or investtalk.com. The phone lines are open and waiting for your questions now. 888-99-CHART. Justin, Steve, Matt from South Florida. You guys are really good about talking about money printing and monetary debasement. I am of the opinion that I think some level of money printing is going to continue the easy way out politically for both uh, sides of the duopoly. So my question is this, we all know the reasons that gold, copper, et cetera, Bitcoin are hedges against money printing and inflation. Generally speaking, would you consider equities to be a hedge against inflation? Meaning all else equal, if the money printing continues, do stocks just inflate the way that goods and services do? Would you consider equities relatively safe or do you weight more into crypto and things like gold, silver, copper, because equities aren't a perfect hedge against money printing. Thanks again. I'll listen for the answer. Stocks have always been able to stay up and exceed 
inflation. So if they continue printing money, the, the idea is they will inflate, we have inflation, and what, do we, what assets do we hold? Stocks always are able to hold their own, going up, even during times of high inflation. Because what happens is, you're CEO of a corporation, what do you do if, uh, if, if inflation comes? You start raising your prices, because the, the input prices of the things you make are going up. So you just pass it along. And now everybody knows there, infl- there is inflation, so you don't have m- that much resistance in raising your prices against from the public. Right now you would because there's no inflation. The public see prices go up. Hey, you know they say, oh, well, there's no inflation. Well, I'm not buying that. But when you have, if you're a CEO and you have the excuse that inflation is in the system and everybody knows it, you get to raise prices and keep your profit margins. And you, so many times they go up. So no, don't worry about that part. Stocks will work fine in an inflationary period. It has in the past. That's why I'm saying it. So, appreciate the question. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So, you know, Ian Musk moved out of California, bought a house, and living in Texas after he moved his company to Texas, headquarters there. (coughs) Well, Ellison of Oracle, they moved to Texas too. They moved to Austin, Texas, the headquarters. But Ellison himself, Larry Ellison, he moved to Hawaii instead. (laughs) So he moves his headquarters to Texas from Silicon Valley to Texas and moved himself to Hawaii. Matter of fact, he moved himself to Lanai, one of the smallest islands of Hawaii, with a population of (laughs) 3,000. So... He might be buying the whole darn island. I don't know. It seems like he's buying up a lot of their assets there. So what's happening is, do you have to ask your question, why are they leaving California? Why? Because the environment, the economic environment, the, the business environment is hostile in California. That's why. It's not nearly as hostile in Texas. Pretty friendly in Texas. Taxes especially. So why not move there? Why not? People get, you know, you can pay people the same salaries, but they'll make a lot more money because they don't pay taxes as much as California. So that's what you're seeing happening. And I don't see that stopping or slowing down. I think I squeeze in another caller question before the break. Let's try it. This came in earlier from a listener in uh, Florida. Hi, Stephen Justin, uh, calling for Florida. Great show. Thank you for the show. I have a question on stock VEEV, Viva System. I'd like to know your opinion on it, looking into maybe buying it. Right now, it seems like it's gone lower some, so maybe it's a little bit of a dip. I'll listen to the answer on the podcast. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Viva Systems, Inc. I probably haven't heard about the company. Not too many people have, but it's a $40 billion company. It's big. Develops cloud-based software for sales marketing functions of companies in the life science industry. It's growing 30-plus percent every quarter sales. Last quarter, 34, 33, 38, 34. In Pretty much consistent. It's going to make three dollars and twelve cents in 2022. This year, going to make two dollars and eighty-four cents a share. 
Last year made two dollars and nineteen cents a share. So from two nineteen to two eighty four to three twelve. So the COVID environment, the COVID recession didn't really hurt it, but it is expensive. It's a $267 stock, going to make $3.12. So right now it's 100 P based on $2.84 this year. 100 P. Next year. So if it stays at 100 P a year, the stock is going to 312 from 267. The stock chart has shown that it peaked around $310 a share and then fell to 267 so it's going slowly downward, sideways. It's always going to be overpriced until it, because of the earnings of sales, and it's it just been very strong. And if it continues to do that, it'll always be overpriced. Uh, it's a little too expensive for me. I just don't like to overpay for stocks. On the next invest stock, this story: Massachusetts has accused stock trading app Robinhood of using exploitive business tactics on millennial clientele and called Robinhood a reckless company. That's tomorrow. For now, I'm Steve Peasley and I'm ready, I'm ready to take your questions live 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 99Chart. 888 992 4278. We're going to talk to Saeed in Oakland. Saeed. Yeah, hi. Uh, yes, uh, I have a question regarding the uh, AstraZeneca. Uh, uh, it was down 7% yesterday. Uh, I don't know about this company. It's been flat uh, for a long time. Last time was up like uh, in July 20th. Since that time, and has been struggling. Uh, I wonder the question is if they are uh, up for a vaccine approval next or not. Not sure. Okay, are you asking about AstraZeneca? Yeah. Uh, yes, I have a question regarding the uh, AstraZeneca. Uh, uh, I was down to the yesterday. Uh huh. I don't know about this one. It's been uh, last for a long time. Last time was out like uh, in July 20th. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Okay, let's talk about AstraZeneca. AZN. Uh, UOK based developer branded prescription therapeutics to treat various diseases and conditions, and they have a COVID uh, drug, that, uh, vaccine that's coming out. And the, the test that I saw, that was that the results were about 70% effective. Now, the Pfizer one was 90, 95% effective. So why would AstraZeneca be uh, desirable? Because of the Pfizer drug, you've got to keep sub-zero cold, eyes cold. AstraZeneca is room temperature and it's stable. So AstraZeneca is going to have a big market the rest of the world out there where, you know, places where they don't have the ability to keep the stupid thing so cold. So anyways, but I think that's what's weighing a little bit on the stock prices because they're not as successful against COVID as Pfizer and Moderna and those other guys coming out. Okay. 
Uh, and there, theirs hasn't been approved yet, but it's going to be in shortly and not too late. So the stock itself hasn't been rising, and that's probably the reason. Even though sales are good, the stock price is fairly reasonable. They're going to make two dollars and sixty cents next year after two twelve this year, and it's a fifty dollars stock. So you know we're talking stock that's not that expensive. I mean, compared to other stocks in the same field. So to just sell it, to do, no, it's one of the, it pays a two point seven percent dividend. It's a very solid company. It's growing. Uh, about five, three to eight percent in the last two quarters. Before that, they were growing fifteen percent, and I think they're going to be turned back to their normal growth of around ten percent. And I, I think it's underpriced. I think it's a good stock to own long term. I do. A Z N A Z N. Okay. Uh, let's see what else I wanted to talk about today. Okay. Best. Oh, yeah. The the. You know. Okay. Europe and Japan went negative on their interest rates. Their central bank went negative. Remember we had that discussion last year or earlier, really early on this year? And we were speculating whether the U.S. was going to, and the Fed said, no, we're not going to. We don't want to. So the question is, has it done Europe and Japan any good with a negative interest rate? Because the thinking is, well, what we'll do is we'll force the banks to make loans out there because we'll force them to do that by making them pay us, meaning the central banks, interest on the loans they take. And you will say, you would say, well, why would the banks ever borrow money from a central bank then? Because they have to. Because the central bank requires they keep uh, a certain amount of their assets in very safe government bonds. So they have to. So, but they, that forces them to loan out all any other spare cash they have, because they don't want to. They don't want to take any more of those loans than they have to. So, so it has been dismally unsuccessful having negative interest rates. Has not helped at all, at all. So they have this experiment with negative interest rates has failed in my mind. I'm Steve Peasley, and that completes another Investop program. I will return Friday with highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter. In the meantime, please remember to tell your friends and family members that they can choose from over 100 archived Investop podcasts, all free, and download for free. So get yours anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and investtalk.com. And I really would appreciate it if you review and rate us. And if you want to listen live, you can hear the program weekdays, 4 to 5 Pacific time on investtalk.com. Just click on the Listen Live button. And it is also free. Independent thinking, share success, everybody. This is InvestTalk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. 
For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.